Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's American Express. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, hello. Uh, what a world we live in, huh? Gee whiz. All these studs on the tour, and you're an amateur wins. But anyway, Greg, Greg, golf. Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. What a week. There it is. Well, what else is there to say? This was um, just spectacular. I can't wait to break it all down. It's been spoiled, but uh, so happy for the only amateur in the field. The only amateur in the field. The amateur status, formerly known on Twitter, Patrick McDonald, should be joining us shortly. He's got a couple of uh, responsibilities that he has to get through before before he joins in. Which begs the question, Rick, because you're the expert better. In fact, i got the both of you here, so I'll pitch you both. Raise your hand if you had Nick Dunlap on your betting card to win last night before the final round. Oh, last night? No, yeah. not even last night, let alone on Thursday. Well, Thursday, yeah, I can understand that. But last night, you didn't give it a flutter? Come on now. Well, I will say we didn't rule it out. We <laughs> talked about it. Um, we were very cautious with it because this was an opportunity to turn into like Curtis Strange. Um, and I didn't want to rule him out because I was so impressed. But I definitely thought Sam Burns was going to win. Really? Yeah. Speaking of odds, so before the week, Nick Dunlap was 300 to 1. This is now three consecutive winners that were 200 to 1 or longer to start the year. Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray, Nick Dunlap are just if, if anybody out there had a ticket, I can't imagine there was many of them, but they were very, very valuable. Oh, wait a second. And by everyone's accounts, all the pundits, these were strong fields in these events. These weren't like second tier events. We had studs showing up in all of them. And yeah, I mean, it's top to bottom. It's strong on the PGA Tour. We say it week in and week out, guys. But but it truly is. It's hard to win on tour and you never know. You just need that one week when you catch lightning in a bottle and anything happens with this crowd. History was made in the California desert. Nick Dunlap just became the first amateur to win a PGA Tour event in over 30 years. Phil Mickelson was the last to do it. And Greg, this round, uh, it started fine, one under through six, but it looked like we got our leaderboard gravity. It looked like we got our, the moment is too big moment on number seven when Nick Dunlap 
hits one off the tee into the water and proceeds to make a double bogey, opening up the door for everyone in the world to come and catch him. And this was the one of the things we talked about last night. Uh, really difficult for the guys that were at 20 under to catch up just because they're seven shots back. Uh, so you start doing some math here and an under par round from Nick Dunlap makes it extremely difficult for one of those guys to catch up and win. But all of a sudden you got a ball in the water, you got a double bogey on the card and you're an amateur and uh, everybody's trying to chase him down and it becomes much more feasible. So it became a kind of a shootout again. It was like we were back to uh, back to Friday and Saturday where you felt like anybody could make a move and jump into the mix. And, and it did have that feel again, but answering with the birdie again, right back at him on eight was, that was awesome. And a clutch that was one of many clutch up and downs. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, Mark, Very, just immediate resilience, the, the bounce back birdie on eight. And then he kind of writes the ship. He makes another birdie on 14, another on 16. And then it's that true, sphincter tightening moments coming down the stretch yeah no kidding um look i've always maintained that golf is a game of recovery right because i don't care how well you're playing yeah he has a guy who's coming off 60 earlier in the week and you know he's flying higher confidence wise and he has a great warm-up by all accounts there and and gets off to that solid start but then you hit that heel ball into the water on seven i mean that'll climb into anyone's psyche i don't care who you are but to greg's point to bounce back and to to, I, I can see why he pulled the tee shot down uh, down eight. That was understandable given the tee shot down seven. But that up and down wasn't easy, and the putt was made right in the heart, and it sort of settled the whole thing. But you talk about that sphincter on the final nine. Look, the final nine is the entire golf course is not long by modern-day standards, but it's just sensory overload. Everywhere you, you look, there's disaster. And, and the old leaderboard gravity thing was starting to really take effect. The guys out in front, Xander and company, were sort of freewheeling a little bit, even Besedno to a certain extent. And then the final group there with JT and Burns and and Nick, you could almost see now, I wouldn't call it match play, but they were sort of playing against each other. And then all of a sudden, there's nothing in it. And then Burns rinses one. But it, it honestly was that you could sense the pressure there because you could see the swings weren't, weren't as free. Balls were sort of limping at the hole on the greens where earlier in the week they were rolling the ball at the hole. So... So it was a lot of pressure involved, and and my hats off to Nick Dunlap. I mean, that's it's tough to win, and that's a tough place to win on because coming down seventeen and eighteen, goodness gracious, that'll tighten your sphincter if any two holes are going to. Let's add another voice to the conversation here. We've got Patrick McDonald and Patrick. It is a great day to have amateur status, is it not? Uh, thank God, thank God, I kept that handle. Um, <laughs> fraud for getting rid of it. This could have been a, such a great moment for you. I know it, it really could have been, but uh, I, I had to cede the stage to one Nick Dunlap. I mean, what an unbelievable performance! The guts, the gumption just there's not enough to say about what he just did today. I think you should reach out to Nick and uh, give him give him the handle. <laughs> I'll think about it. I think he has a lot on his plate right now. He has a lot of decisions to mull over what his future might look like. I'm not sure if he touched on it uh, in the post round interview at all, but uh, th there's there's it's a good time to be Nick Dunlap and hey, all the decisions you, coming his way. He has a question for you, Patrick. Do you think Greg Norman has made the call yet, or is it coming? 
Oh, I mean, there's probably at least an email in Nick's inbox right now. Yes. <laughs> you remember, you remember back like, you know, I don't know, like 40 years ago, the, the there'd always be like athletes who would get a, a phone call from the president and it'd be like this, this landline in the clubhouse or whatever. And it's like, Oh, uh, Pete Rose, like the president wants to talk to you like that. That's what I imagine right now with Greg Norton. There's someone's just standing next to Nick Dunlap. <laughs> yeah, it's the shark. There's a phone call. There's a phone call. <laughs> get Nick Dunlap, get, get Nick Dunlap on the line. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk about those last couple of holes here because uh, Sam Burns. It was it was basically Sam Burns. It was it was Nick Dunlap. Sam Burns rinses one on seventeen. Dunlap hits the green, two putts, and that's really where he turns the tide. Greg, he mentioned he thought he had a two shot lead, uh, and he he was in kind of a interesting spot greenside on 18 his ability to get up and down he had a five foot nine inch putt to win the golf tournament to make par there to do it all and he rolls it right in the heart and, and it wasn't the only time i mean there were a couple of i'll go back even farther than the last three holes but there were a couple of momentum swings or opportunities for a momentum to swing and it started at 14 where uh, JT hit it in there close. Dunlap hit it in there to nine feet. Sam Burns hit it in there to 11 feet. Sam Burns makes first, and Dunlap steps up right on top of him and buries it to stay within one, which was huge. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you get to 16, and, um, and Dunlap hits a chip shot that runs a little bit farther by, a little farther than you'd expect, and buries it right in the middle. Sam Burns was probably a little cautious on his third shot there and wasn't able to make birdie. So uh, he catches him by 16. Now it's game on and Dunlap has the tee. So I thought those two putts, the putt at 14 and the putt at 16 were huge for the momentum. And I have to think that affected Sam Burns because he, he didn't have the tee anymore. So wanting to get back into the lead, maybe he obviously missed it, but get a little more aggressive than he should have in the game plan and all of a sudden uh it's game over patrick you mentioned the many decisions that nick dunlap has ahead of him let's let's lay some of these out i guess option one go back to tuscaloosa um play your junior and maybe senior year of of golf and play the events that you were already qualified as an amateur, I assume he could play his PGA tour schedule as an amateur. If he wants, he just is not going to receive the money. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think Mark was talking about it in the group chat a little bit, how much money might be in Nick Dunlap's, uh, NIL yeah. Yeah. account <laughs> right now. Some of those, uh, car dealerships in Tuscaloosa, I'm sure he was talking about how he was driving around a uh, BMW uh, courtesy car this week. There might be one in his driveway when he gets back to his uh, college apartment with, I'm sure he lives with like three guys and just like a, a borderline frat house. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a tough decision because you see these guys come out and win like a Ludwig, but you also see them stick around for a long time and develop themselves both mentally not only their games but that that uh mental fortitude that he showed today and you see guys like gordon Sargent, who's presumably going to come out later this year and I, I think there's something to 
sticking around a high-level program like Alabama and kind of getting more, I don't know, wits about you. But at the same time, the best practice is playing on the PGA Tour. And you are 20 years old. You're a great golfer. You've proven it. You're the only other golfer outside of Tiger Woods to win the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Junior. You're the first one in 33 years to, to win as an amateur, the youngest since 1910 to do so. So I think you have to go. Um, and just given two years and what you have, you're in all the signature events. You can start 2025 with a Mai Tai in hand. Hopefully he'll be 21 by then. I don't know if he is uh, it, there at Kapalua. So I, I think you have to go uh, and see how good you are. Clearly you are very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're absolutely right. Two anecdotes here. First off, as far as I know, Coach Saban owns a few Mercedes dealerships. <laughs> and Coach, with Coach Saban being on the broadcast today, getting, uh, although he lives down in Jupiter, Florida, Florida now, I understand. Um, I'm sure he's made some calls to some boosters already. And big money flies around that place. You know that. So the NIL deal or the pot for him is going to just grow um, exponentially. But I remember, I remember when my brother was young, he was um, 17, just turned 18, was the world's number one amateur, was being recruited by all and sundry here in, uh, in college, you know, Georgia, and there were some big schools after him, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, and, and he spoke with Gary Player, because we didn't know what to do, um, and Gary said to him, he goes, Trevor, you're good enough to play on, in, on the tour right now, he goes, you're going to learn more on the PGA Tour or the European Tour playing then you're going to learn in college. Now, that's just about golf. That's not a lot about other stuff, right? And so Trevor turned pro. And it was challenging, you know, just like Justin Rose did the same thing. Sergio did the same thing. And you're young and you're kind of learning the ropes. But these were kids that had seven starts, invitations. And there was that pressure on it to go, yo, you got to earn your keep now so you don't, you, you can skirt tour school. In the end, Trevor didn't. He went to both tour schools. He was flying back and forth and got his European tour card. Um, so I, I, initially I was like, nah, he'll stay in college. There'll be lots of money stored up for him. He can play some golf, have some fun. But then after watching this today, when I heard him say afterwards, when he was asked about the experience walking down the 18th and he said, I kept on saying to Sam Burns, this is incredible. This is the best. And then he used terms like, this is just a level above. This is pressure I've never experienced. I'm like, this boy is going the, the, the only place he gets to go right now with his game is higher. And you only really find out who you are as a player when you take that next step into the deep end. So, so whereas I was like, he's going to college. I, I think I'm with you. I think he turns pretty soon. No, no offense, Greg. Uh, the facilities at Alabama are great. The, that level of college golf is awesome. That level of amateur golf is awesome but this is like flying first class and yeah. trying to go back to coach it is very tough to do you're a winner on the pga tour hey this is easy i get to play in everything let's go more of this what are you going to do go back and carry your own bag <laughs> tournament? no driving the sprinter van driving the sprinter van right you're not doing that uh, this is what this is what you're doing if you're nick dunlap you're getting rid of the a designation you're turning pro if he hasn't already i haven't seen any updates uh, you're going to play Torrey Pines and the Farmers. You're going to Pebble Beach. They're going to play a designated event there. They're going to go play the WM Phoenix Open in front of all that crowd. 
another designated event at the Genesis. And then when it comes time to Mexico, you're either going to take a trip south of the border if you have a passport uh, or you're going to when they go to Mexico, if you don't have a passport, you go back to Alabama, clean out the dorm room or the apartment, <laughs> and then you meet the you meet the boys back in Palm Beach for uh, for for PGA National. If you do have a passport, maybe you go to Mexico and then you clean out the dorm room while they're in uh, in Palm Beach, and then you get right back to another designated event. I mean, yeah. this experience is you cannot replace it. You can't replace it. The hard thing when you're like when Akshay Batia first comes out, you're comparing mini tours, corn fairy tour, you know, events like that, developmental tours to college. And that's a much more challenging comparison. Am I going to go play uh, one day mini tour events or go play at Alabama? But now the facilities come into play. But you're talking about going to play the Arnold Palmer Invitational, going to play Tigers event going to play pebble beach in a no cut event it's not even a question you turn pro and it, like there, there's going to be a week where you can go clean out the clean out the dorm room hey greg greg i see i, I see hashtag jupe life coming up I, I think he's moving down to south florida yep. or is yep. that, that's the next thing once you get your first check from after farmers you get that first check you put a little I don't. We'll see what kind of check it is, but you're probably putting a down payment down on a, a nice little condo in Jupiter. Well, Patrick, the good news is that he's going to be 21 uh, just before Maui next year because he will turn 21 on December 23rd of this year. He just turned 20, which is us. Very, very sick. Uh, congratulations, Nick Dunlap. We will not be hearing the end of you. I'm sure we'll be talking about you quite a bit moving forward. Let's put a bow on the rest of this final group because that's where the expectations from odds makers and from everybody that this, this tournament was going to be decided. And it looked, Patrick, like Sam Burns had this thing under control. He was five under through 14, and then he kind of just starts losing oil. He, he pars the par five 16th. He makes double with a ball on the water on 17. He makes double with a ball in the water on 18. And when the dust settles, it's not a win. It's not a runner-up. It's not even a podium. It's a T6 for Sam Burns. He looked really good early in the first, you could say, 15 holes even. And the three-shot swing on seven, when he you know walks in that birdie putt, Dunlap still has, I don't know, two and a half feet left for par. He kind of gives him a little glance like, hey, welcome to the show, kid. Like, let's go. <laughs> we, we, we got 11 holes left. You and me, we're going to figure this out. And then he comes back. He, he doesn't birdie the eighth, which was he's probably disappointed about. Dunlap does, grabs back the one-shot lead. But he comes back, really nice putt on 10, converts one on 11, a really big one before Nick makes his on 14. But then you go – the last three holes, his last, I mean, three straight full swings, a wipe to the right from the fairway, a wipe to the right with a short iron, and then a double cross left off the tee, and it was just like quick. It was a quick death. It was it was very, very, holy crap, where did this come out of? Where did this come from? But it, it shouldn't dampen what was a, a really good week for Sam Burns and – we talked about this a while, Rick, 
I mean, the guy typically closes, which I think is why it was so, so surprising. Because when he is in the mix, Sam Burns has found a way to win. And that can't be said for a lot of players on the PGA Tour. So I think that's where the shock factor comes from. Obviously, the manner in which it happened with the double bogey, double bogey finish isn't great. But uh, look, is there more pressure as a 20-year-old to win on the PGA Tour? Or is there more pressure to be the guy who doesn't beat the 20-year-old on the PGA Tour? I want to say this, and I'm now thinking about like a golf instructor about this thing, because I'm sure he's going to have words with said golf instructor when the dust settles a little bit. And you reference those wipes and then the pull, um, Patrick. It's kind of always been Sam Burns' MO because the power he generates is out of a wicked rotation out of his body through the ball. And where a lot of golfers like a McElroy or the real fast ones, they do that sort of through the, the lumbar area in the middle of the body. That gets the sequencing down. Sam is really strong through his shoulders. And if you watch him up close, he pulls really hard with his upper body through the ball. So at times when he's a little off, and that was sort of happening last year when the ball striking went amiss, is that club gets just a little late to his pivot. The face is hung open, so he hits that brushed cut. And then when you square one up, then all of a sudden you've got the two-sided miss going. And I've always kind of felt, even though I've called him a lot and you watch him hit, and it's kind of biblical in a way, that, that every shot he's over, when he's at full flight, it's just majestic. But you're kind of waiting for that big right one to, to, to show up. And sadly, you know, when he hit the second shot that he wiped off to the right-hand side on 16, I looked at that and, that and I was like, oh, shucks. But then I justified it in my head going, well, you got that massive bunker down the left-hand side. So that's kind of the professional miss. But then to stand there on 17, no wind, ball on a tee, to wipe it off to the right-hand side. I mean, we could argue perhaps he's now playing offense and trying to attack that whole location. But the truth is you don't. Even though with a short iron, you hit that to 20-something feet and you let your putter be the star, especially if you burns because he puts so well. So I was like, yikes. And then when he brushes it in the water and then hits the pull off 18, I was like, okay, golf swing has gotten better. This is a lot to build on, but there's still a little time needed in the oven over here because it's not completely there. The other man in that, final group was Justin Thomas, Greg. And I think early in the round, it was a lot of missed opportunity on number one. He hits it to 19 feet. Doesn't make the putt on number two. He hits it to 11 feet. Doesn't make the putt third, third hole, 22 feet. These are not gimmies, but he's not getting any momentum here. The fourth hole, he hits it to 10 feet. Doesn't make the putt. He doesn't make birdie on the par five fifth. Uh, I, I mean, it was just a lot of very early missed opportunities. He got himself behind the eight ball at, before they even made the turn. And it was just too little too late with three birdies over his final five. Yeah, it, it was just not enough. He needed something to fall. Um, but real quickly on Sam Burns, he didn't have a five on the scorecard in his first 45 holes and finished five, five, six. So I mean, that's a little bit of leaderboard gravity if I've ever seen it. But anyway, back to Justin Thomas. Uh, yesterday, Justin Thomas had 21 putts um, and shot 61, of course. 21 putts. That's an area of weakness for Justin Thomas. And if you're looking at the model, Rick, heading in, into, you know, if you're basing it off of one day, who's going to perform well the next day? It's very predictable that you have a regression on with the putter, with the flat stick. That's exactly what happened for JT. So unfortunately, he was four shots back heading into the final day. If he had been tied for the lead or in the lead, 
this start might have been manageable. Uh, but but chasing by four, and then all of a sudden you're five down when um, when Dunlap makes his first birdie. It, you're now you're just treading water and you're stuck. So he hit a, he hit a lot of really good shots, but unfortunately couldn't keep the putter hot, and that's what did him in. It, it wasn't a mistake. Like I guess he did make a mistake at five, and a, and a big mistake at eleven. He hit it in the water on two par fives. That's that's really costly. Um, but all in all, it's the putter that did him in. I'm with you, and and those two par fives you speak of, both those were long irons irons in hand. And if you go back and look at the swings, it's almost like if he could have reversed those two swings and made the swing down 11 on five, five I think it is, or f- yeah, it's the fifth hole, he would have been okay. Because then he hits it left on the green and then he likely chips and putts. And if he hits that skinny right like he did on five on 11, then he's okay. So, you know, I looked at him and, and he had some, he made some iron swings throughout the week that were just glorious. Um, but today you talk of leaderboard gravity. Um, and, and you made the quip with Sam Burns. There's one thing, you know this, Greg, the one thing I know for certain is that pressure exposes weakness. And I'm not calling this weakness, but, you know, when you get in the final group, it just hits different. And both Sam Burns and JT are in the throes of kind of finding their golf swings a little bit again. And both have done yeoman's work and they're on the way. But today was, you know, it just feels different out there. Um, they both could have won, even with not all of their game. But in the end, you know, the, those two iron shots were disappointing, and I'm with you too. But you know me about putting. If you want to win on Sunday, you have to make putts. Yeah, and, and just one thing on Justin Thomas. Proximity-wise, in 2022, from over 200 yards, he was 10th. He dropped outside the top 135 in 2023. So I think it's great that seemingly his approach play and his swings all coming together. But I looked at those approaches into the par fives thinking – this guy, nothing really – he always tries to hit some, like, ridiculously low-running five-wood onto 16, or he tried to hook one really in there on 11, and then it's just like, just blast one up there. Give yourself a good chance to get up and down. And I know John Wood was ta- talking about he's playing golf again, and he is, but of all the players on the PGA Tour – especially with like a long iron in hand, which the numbers do back up. It seems like he makes it difficult on himself kind of for no reason. He He's a fader of the golf ball and hits so many draws. It, it's almost like the line that Tiger told him that's been well documented. You, you don't have enough shots early on yeah. has just gone the other way with him. There's there's I couldn't agree with you more, Patrick, and I was... I said when he hit the shot on 11, okay, JT's back. And that's not all good. Because (laughs) this is what Justin Thomas did when he was at the top of his game. He's doing crazy things and, you know, giving away some tournaments with just crazy decisions that are unnecessary, right? There's a way to make this game easy and there's a way to make it hard. And sometimes the shot that you can pull off to the highest degree of execution, right? Your best shot is the best shot to hit, not necessarily the shot that the whole location calls for. You don't have to be perfect. And it, it with Justin Thomas's short game, especially on par fives, if he could get it into the proper area, I mean, he'll chip more in. 
then he's going to hit him close. Uh, the way he putts, too, it's not like if he hits it 15 feet and hits the perfect shot, he's going to make the putt. So make four. Hit it short right. Hit it anywhere right. Frustrating. Frustrating. We will put a bow on the American Express. We had a great finish overseas. We will recap our best bets and one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Let's quickly hit on a couple of these guys who finished above uh, two of the guys in the final group. Mark, we'll start with you. Christian Bezadenhout, seven under 65. That's a pair of 65s on the weekend. Seven under each, 28 under par, fell just one shot short. He was waiting. He was lurking for a playoff, but Nick Dunlap did not give him the opportunity. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Christian. Um, I actually texted him just a little while ago, and I'm like, nice playing. Remember, I was the guy that picked uh, Eric Van Royen over Christian Besaidenot and Garrick Higo for my best bet. So, we remember. Um, yeah, we do, I'm sure you're going to remind me too. Um, yeah, I, I'm really happy for him because there's been a lot of change in his house. You know, they had a baby, he and his wife, um, late last year, and then he went over and played a little in South Africa. But you could see there was sort of baby itis in the house there, and and his game was there and thereabouts, but nothing really earth shattering. Then to come out here in the first outing, I think it was, and just to blitz the place. Wow. I mean, look, I don't want to say I'm surprised because he's good, but color me surprised. There was some tremendous playing, and I'm proud of him. Kevin, you, Greg, someone who routinely gets into the conversation on the Monday shows as being a, a member of hashtag team no putt, but he putted this week. So we only have the stroke team metric from the two rounds at the stadium course. Second in approach, 16th with the putter. That's only, he only gained a stroke with the flat stick. That's all he has to do. A nine under 63 finishes at 27 under and two shots off the lead. Yeah, but if you go through this round, he didn't really need to putt because he just flagged everything. I think he had six approach shots inside of 10 feet, which was the only guy I saw do that was, uh, was Keith Mitchell. And one of them, Keith Mitchell, hold. So Kevin, you was living inside of 10 feet with these approach shots. It, he was all over the flag. It, and he was second in strokes gain approach. But the only reason is because Keith Mitchell did the same thing and hold one out. So those two guys were just absolutely throwing darts. Uh, that's what Kevin, you did. And fortunately, he, he did capitalize on many of them. Rick, may I say something about Kevin? Uh, sorry, Patrick. Um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago in 2019, he was on my Arnold Palmer Cup, the international team. And uh, I got to know him then. And he's a dynamite young man. Um, 
I remember when I was at the Phoenix Open the one year, he called me up and asked me if he could take me to dinner to ask about his budding professional career and what my advice was. But anyhow, I just wanted to say this about him. Um, I was so impressed. And then he lined up pretty well with a guy called Alex Del Rey. That if you watch the DP World Tour, Alex plays over there and he's finding his feet a bit too. And those two were so aggressive and they backed down for nobody in every match we had. If there was a, a, t a couples game, we send them out first and they blitzed all comers because they just freaking flagged it every single time. They weren't afraid of anybody. And then when he came out, I know he was playing a bit injured, but I was just waiting for him to kind of find his groove because he is legit, man. And, and I feel like this may just open that spigot for him because from 19, when I saw, his, saw him as an amateur, he turned my head. Mm. Uh, yeah, Arizona State has a ton of records there. I think you might have heard that on the broadcast. The final guy we'll mention here, so on brand, Patrick. Xander Schmaltzer. Five, two shots off the eventual winning score, but it never felt like it. Not, not on Sunday, not on Saturday. At no point during this week was Xander Shoffley actually in contention to win this golf tournament, despite finishing at 27 under and two shots off the lead. Very good for the wallet, though, which, by the way, everybody does get bumped up because of uh, Nick Dunlap's uh, inability to accept the, the fun. So another great week for Xander. We almost called it Friday night, Rick. We said, if Nick Dunlap wins, Xander Shoffley is going to come in second. Uh, and if not for a 72nd sec, uh, hole birdie from Bez, that would have happened. But it's another great week for Xander. I think, obviously, he's going to look back at that second round as the, uh, the main reason he never did contend, making double on a par five, losing a golf ball there. That's a three-shot swing, essentially. And he could have entered the weekend – at 14 under in in with a real chance but instead it's kind of similar to last year he shot 62 in the final round finished third never really sniffed john rom and he never really sniffed nick dunlap what did you call him earlier in the week xander yeah what yeah i call he's wet socks to me he's just he, he has a lot of uh he has a lot of like eeyore tendis, tendencies almost where <laughs> If he gets like punched, he's like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the Zan man. Zan man. Uh, across the pond, Rory McElroy, that is, quickly avenged his uh, late disaster last week by winning the Dubai Desert Classic. He gets a little help here, Greg from Cam Young, who kind of stumbles over his first couple of holes and opens up the door for everybody else. So Cam Young still very much looking for that. That signature victory, Rory McIlroy adds another to the resume. Yeah, Rory made uh, you know did what he does and made a couple birdies on the front nine, uh, made it look pretty easy, and didn't do a thing on the back nine. Um, one bogey, uh, it was a six on number thirteen, and that was enough for the victory. So you know this is something we see on the PGA Tour with Rory a lot. Um, some this kind of scorecard where he understands how to plot along in final rounds and stay in the mix. It just feels like in all the big ones that he loses those, uh, but sometimes it does work and sometimes you do win. And that's why I'm a proponent of the, of the strategy. Usually you just need a putt to fall, right? You need one to go like the U S open last year. If he makes par at 14, if one putt falls anytime through that round, He's in a playoff or wins. Uh, and and this, none of that really happened. And he's still able to get the victory for his fourth 
Hero Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah, you see the the hand that he's holding up there with four fingers up, designating just that mark. The sa- the Saturday round from Rory is is really what vaulted him even into contention. He shot a sixty three, gained nine shots on the field. It was just Rory blitzing this golf course as he's done over the years. Yeah, well, first off, two starts, two top twos. All right, and 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 honestly, with love to Tommy Fleetwood, Rory should have won last week as well but for the three-putt and the, and the ball into the penalty area. But anyway, I mean, that round you speak of, I was, I was struck by his comments afterward because in rounds one and two, he kind of looked lackluster and nothing was really happening and, and he was just languishing down the field. But I'm hoping that this is helping him to realize that he doesn't have to have his best to win. You know, because when he's won before, it's been at a canter because he's just gone, come out charging and just dusted fields and left them for dead. And I'm hoping he's suddenly occurred to him now that's like, okay, well, I don't have to be great to win. And then he said something after the third round because he shot like 71 and 72 or something to the like, 70, 71, 70. He comes out and shoots that 63 or something, whatever it was. And he said afterwards, he goes, I needed the good round to get back in the mix but I just let it come to me. And, and, and that to me was like, I heard choirs of angels because the Rory I've seen play when he's out of it, everything is just high redlining, just at flags the whole day long. And he's running the risk of making the odd bogey and then putting himself further out of it. But if he's true, if he's honestly speaking the truth there and going, I'm just letting these rounds happen and come to me, I'm like, the future is bright. Because then you'll see like, okay, I don't have to force the issue. I can make a few pars. I can play a back nine like Greg was talking about and still be okay. Because that's what the, the major championships take. Look, Augusta National, if you play the final nine, if you're in the mix and a couple three under, you likely win. Uh, US Open, it's probably less than that. PGA Championship, it's about the same. Open Championship, win dependent. So if he just plods along, plods along, hangs around, hangs around, hits a few timely shots, he'll be able to look back on a very, very promising 2024 year if he lets stuff come to him like he's saying. Uh, eight rounds into 2024 for Rory McIlroy. Patrick, is he passing the eye test? He is, but I will say there is one aspect of his game that Mark touched on a little bit that even Rory talked about after winning that he believes he needs to clean up, and it's the left miss off the tee the 72nd hole there at the Dubai Invitational. And if you watch his back nine, it kind of, Morant came up on him quick. He had a four-stroke lead. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he drop, he drops a shot. Morant makes a couple b- birdies, and it's it's one with five to play. And he got away with, I think, two or three drives, all left on the back nine uh, this morning. And to uh, you know Mark's point, he kind of he just knew what score he needed to shoot to win. He also said on Sunday that he thought Friday night, if I shoot 67, 67, I'm going to win this golf tournament. And he ended up doing one better than that and winning by one. But also to Mark's point about like needing that shot to get over the major hump and whatever, he kind of got a couple of those around the turn on eight. He made up a 30 footer nine. He made a 17 footer to build that lead. And then he kept his cool. He righted the ship steadied the ship he said that like four times in his post-round interview he was very proud for steadying the ship when Moronk was charging uh and so it's a great win obviously he eats up at this golf course first one to win this tournament four times I believe Ernie Els had won it three times 
uh, first since 2014 to go back to back. But with Rory McIlroy, whether it's fair or not, it's all about major championships. And we saw him win this tournament last year, and it didn't really do anything for his Masters hopes. So I'm I'm hoping he uh, has a new mindset or whatever and, and can figure it out come April. All right, gents, we are going to recap the bets for the week. We are going to review the one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Show the bets, Josh, and oh my gosh. The matchup column was looking so good. Mark with Day over Wyndham Clark. Cash it. Patrick with Sam Burns over Tony Finau. No problem. Kyle went overseas. Rory McIlroy over Adrian Moronk. 1-2. It worked. And Siwoo Kim over Tony Finau, which I was I was positive, Greg, that this one. Siwoo was in contention all week long. Finau stunk. I was trying to pick on him. I, I thought we had this. Siwoo Kim finishes bogey, quad, bogey to tie and push. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my good! And he made a double earlier in the round, too. Oh, yeah. He made a bunch of birdies. The quad, I didn't even see. I, I, I don't know what to say. Maybe he started. Did he start putting with this hybrid again? He made a quad on seven. Here's here's how the yeah. shot the shot tracker reads: shot one, 163 yards to rock outline, two feet. <laughs> hold on, two feet to rock outline, three feet to rock outline. So he tried it a couple of times. Yeah, tried it a couple of times. Then he took his drop, which he then has to go back to the drop zone. So he goes back to 99 yards. He hits that to five feet. Vintage Siwoo <laughs> misses the putt and taps it in for double uh, for quad. Did he break his putter afterwards? Uh, do I, I'd like to think so. I hope you live, wedge. Live by the Siwoo, die by the Siwoo. Oh, it, that it's brutal. Oh, poor Alec had him in one. Right, putt. <laughs> that is just so painful. Six six shots. Uh, to par given back over the last three holes is, is not my Tony Fino to, yeah at least I guess at least it was a push but, yeah wow that's a terrible push that's like a loss I mean it feels like it yeah certainly feels like it um Kyle got us a W in the finishing position market with Adrian Moronk finishing inside the top 20 so he he got the exact scenario that he needed. Uh, Rory to beat Moronk, but Moronk still finished inside the top 20. It was very, very sweaty, but he got the job done. We did not, believe it or not, none of us had Nick Dunlap as our winners. <laughs> what and are you doing? 
for the record, I was one t- tournament too early. I bet on him in the Bermuda Championship. He missed the cut. I decided not to bet on him this week, so he would go on to win. So kudos to him and myself as well. <laughs> Good. Pat yourself on the back. We did get uh, one best bet, Rio Hisasune, to finish inside the top 40. He finished T11. He's playing phenomenal golf. Now, Patrick, uh, I believe we already covered this on, I don't know what that was, Thursday or Friday, but the 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 heater is over. The, the run has finished. Your positivity parlay has been upended. Sung JM and Tom Kim, Jason Day to make the cut. Uh, Tom Kim missed the cut. The good news is now you get to start a new streak. Exactly. That's a great way to look at this, Rick. Uh, there are two ways I could go. I could start going negative and start doing miss the cut parlays, but I won't. This has been a good uh, run for me. Unfortunately, it comes to an end. Unsurprisingly, it is at the hands of Tom Kim, my mortal enemy. I just can't seem to figure that guy out. Uh, and, uh, we're on, we're on to Cincinnati. What's what's that uh, what's that betting thing you learned from I learned from Rick that I've forgotten already? Well, what, what um, you yeah, we'll be doing four players next week, Mark. Okay. That's well, for sure. Just after we had the Tuesday show, me and my daughters, we went and flipped the coin a few times, and the most times I got it was like four in a row before I got the opposite one. So I'm saying just keep hitting this thing, man. You're gonna hit. You're gonna mm-hmm. hit hard. Yeah. yeah that I also I think mortal enemy is a little strong on Tom Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what the CEOs of the casinos would like to uh, play as well. It's called the Martingale system. Yeah, the Martingale. I'm gonna introduce myself to Tom Kim in Phoenix and be like, "Dude, you're my mortal enemy." I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> He's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> then you give him, "I'm amateur status." What's up? Yeah. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer, and your mortal enemies even closer than that. <laughs> One and done, gents. Which. Actually, I guess there's we got to talk about this. So, so the way that run your pool, which is where we are hosting this one and done, as of right now, they are showing payouts as if Nick Dunlap is going to get this money. So, for example, there is one person, uh, well done to Dude, Where's My Par, who picked Christian Bezadenho this week. Huh. That's a great name. So that is showing it is a great name. So that is showing nine hundred and seven thousand dollars. Now, I'll say this: I I think, in my opinion, if this was perfect, we would just use whatever the official money is going to be, which I think would be everybody moves up a spot. But I imagine, Greg, that if this is the way it's built into the system, like these companies and these websites all over the internet who are hosting one and dones, we're, we're hurting right now. <laughs> and and there's a chance that all of these sites are just gonna have this payout. It's just the whole season's an asterisk, if that's true. let's just start over that's a good idea let's start from next week we'll all start on zero and i sound like you guys with me last year now let's just all start over well if we're gonna do that mark we're gonna have to get a new site uh, (laughs) so you might miss the first week again (laughs) all i will say and i'm just trying to get out ahead of this do not email josh about this do not email me about (laughs) this 
whatever is on the website is what we're doing. We are not going to like make a ruckus. We're not going to in 40 weeks. Don't come back and say I'm owed an extra $800,000 from, from Bazayden. I don't care. Do not email anybody about this. We will do what is ever on the website. But I just want to throw this out there. Oh, you know, because people who are in leagues like this, they're not just doing it for the giggles. I'm sure they're in their own little pools with their buddies and there's money on the line for this thing. So like we, it has to be reconciled somehow. Well, uh, if they're playing in leagues like that, there should be a rule for this situation. Yep. There should be something that says it is tied to the – so I, I believe the way that I have it written up in mine is that it is official money. So that means if you – Hit a you know hit a shot at the old WGC and then withdraw. You got the fifty thousand dollars. Yep, always mm -hmm. it's like whatever the official money is. So I agree with you. That's how it should be done. But it's a good rule, Rick. And if that's the rule, that's the rule. But at the same time, he Christian didn't win. So like, don't come complaining <laughs> about not getting first place money when you came in second. Okay. Yeah. So now, the, so there's a couple ways you could look at this. Yeah, my whole point is, is don't email Josh. Right. Well, yes. Rick, I do want you to answer this question for the viewers and the listeners because this was something I wasn't too aware of. And at the top of the show, before we went hot, I was like, "What about the FedEx Cup points list? Because the money's great, but for these guys, they're trying to get in the Aon Swing Five and the top ten and the next ten and the top thirty for East Lake and you know, Patrick, you know the stuff." So what, what what about the points? Now what what happens with the points this week? What about the FedEx Cup points? Asked Mark. Mark important stuff. I believe. Yes. I think we settled on Nick Dunlap. The points stay the same. Nick Dunlap gets five hundred, though he gets them as Greg non -member non, non member points until he becomes a member. Right, right. That always happens. Like if um. Uh, Gordon Sargent plays in a PGA Tour event and comes in seventh or fortieth or whatever it is. The points he earns go to him. They're just not in the official. The points isn't necessarily a purse. It's not like a purse that has to be divvied up. So if they go to non-member points. They go to non-member points. Now this hasn't happened in the FedEx Cup era, uh, but but those points will go to Nick Dunlap. And when he turns professional. And is now a PGA Tour member. I did say when, when he turns professional, he's um, he's going to have those points. And then, yeah, and he's automatically qualified for the playoffs because remember we've had situations before when non-members didn't win. Remember, Spieth hold the bunker shot um, at John Deere to get the win to take all those points he had earned to get into the playoffs. So yeah, if he does turn pro, he's automatically in the playoffs now. Yeah, and it's a sneaky part of when he deci decides to turn pro. So the higher status, we talked about this on this week's show. Grayson Murray is number one on the Aon Swing 5 right now, right? Uh, because at, he won. Before the week, yes. So that means Nick Dunlap would be number two on that swing list. And then you have Bez and whoever. But if he doesn't decide to turn pro before pebble beach that opens an extra spot in the aeon swing five yeah but if you, if you if you win then you're in those all eight signature events anyway you're I in know. the rest of them for the year you yeah. are but but the uh the qualifying criteria whatever 
you might not get it. The swing five it takes precedent over winning an event. So oh, so he, that's so Grayson Murray's on the swing five list, taking up a spot. That, Correct. Exactly right. All that's right. and so right. Nick Dunlap could it's too. So stupid. All it's doing is taking up a spot from the fifth guy. Correct. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't be on the list. They there should no. Let's like let's use a little common sense here. I don't if you accidentally put it as a higher criteria, whatever. That's insane to begin with. But if if it stopped right now, Grayson Murray and Nick Dunlap, who are in these events because they won, would mean that only three others would get in instead of five getting in. Correct. Okay. Now yeah, okay. But I'm gonna change the subject. And this is um just because we're missing our good buddy Kyle Porter. Because knowing Kyle, he would have brought up some Ryder Cup conversation or something from left field. <laughs> so Kyle would ask you, Rick, he'd go, Rick, I'd like to know what you think. Um, does Nick Dunlap make it on the next U.S. Ryder Cup team? President's Cup team, go. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I just think that, listen, it looked easy this week. I have a feeling that. Uh, no offense to Nick Dunlap. I, I know that the, the he is on a short list of two with Tiger Woods. I am not convinced he's the next Tiger Woods uh, because no one is the next Tiger Woods. So, no, there's he's going to, you know, but now, I think he's going to find some struggles like but, all golfers do, and it's not going to be this easy every single week. But Spieth got a pick for the President's Cup, remember, from Captain Stricker. Yeah, and Spieth turns into a Hall of Famer. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, uh, may I give a shameless plug? I hope so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, folks, fans, viewers, tomorrow morning, my podcast with the aforementioned Jordan Spieth drops. Go search for On the Mark with Jordan Spieth. It's a good one. Really. You know, Mark, I'm not even sure you need the shameless plug because as I was watching golf this week, a little a little thing shoots up out of the scoreboard and says, check out these podcasts, On the Mark and Talk of the Tour with Mark Immelman and John Swantek. So I, you, you're, a, you're a scoreboard animation. And you know what? I can't even get enough votes to be on a podcast vote like the first cut. What's going on? <laughs> it's all crooked. It all there crooked. it is. It's all, all rigged. The whole system is rigged. Hey, uh, hey Mark, let, let's uh, turn the tables on you. If you were, I don't know, if you had ties to the international team somehow, mm. would you want the U.S. team to use a captain's pick on Nick Dunlap? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mark, uh, we haven't asked you about well, his this. match play record is very good, judging by the the U.S. amateur and stuff. <laughs> that is true. Okay. We, we haven't brought this up yet, Mark. But what we are trying to do is we're trying to have a first cut Montreal meetup at the present. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm already fishing for the for the international feed called. I'm I'm working okay. on it. Well, we need we're fishing for you to get us tickets or get us like in. I got you. I, I I'll make a call or two. See what I can do. All right. I can I can give a very inspirational speech to the team if needed. Okay, but the deal is you have to wear black and gold, huh? To deal. Yeah. All right. Deal. Oh my God, that's it's the best logo. It's the best logo. I'll I'll wear it all head to toe. Yeah, show us. Yeah, in that's all right. very I, good logo. I accept that deal. Uh, all right. We didn't even give our update. Josh, can you put that screen back up for us, please? So I know who everybody who everybody picked. Um, there were th I know that there were three selections for posted. All right, here we go. So we'll start with uh, Greg and Patrick. Sung J M sixty thousand one oh seven. That was actually kind of worse than expected. Boys, Greg, we'll start. We'll start with you. It was a seventy one on Sunday. He dropped thirteen spots to T twenty five and made a double on eleven and cost you some cash down the stretch. And no birdies after that. 
I mean, it it's not quite like Siwoo Kim, okay? So that makes me feel a whole lot better. But this was this is disappointing. Sung Jae should have finished probably T nine, mm-hmm. and he finishes T twenty five. It's disappointing and ends my top ten streak of two. So I guess like Patrick's positivity parlay uh, streak, this is when we start a new one. Patrick, does it make you feel any better that my guy Eric Cole also sank like a anchor and dropped 16 spots from fifth to T21 thanks to an even par 72 and I got barely more than you did 90,720 <laughs> no Rick it doesn't this is all about <laughs> self-improvement improving the man in the mirror if that if that includes you know you improving yourself as well that's great and dandy I don't like to see uh, my peers go through the anguish of a final round just oh man i can't believe he doubled 11 song jay i cannot believe he doubled i i was watching it on shot tracker i was like what is this guy doing right now <laughs> <laughs> and, and he, he was making a seven that's what he was doing and like greg said this was probably worst case scenario but the farmers i think will be kind to us i'm in a little bit of a mental warfare with myself on who to pick i'd go with nick dunlap <laughs> the Don't try me, Greg. biggest earners of the week mark producer josh and kyle who was off to a very good start in this one and done all with jt posted 193,000. it wasn't even a batter day for posting either mark he went in the wrong direction he dropped six spots down to t11 but still got you over six figures uh yeah and my results are trending upwards so um look i i think i actually came at you a little lucky because i'd mentioned um whereas last week i was thinking ben on and went the other way i went with chris kirk this week i was honestly feeling tom kim but i thankfully went with jt poston so i got out of this one kind of unscathed and um kind of trending right now so looking forward to well actually i'm not because i hate i can't you it's so hard for me personally to handicap the Po Anio events. And these events at Torrey and Pebble Beach and Riviera, they're so hard for me to call. So I'm just hoping to get through the West Coast sort of with a little bit of a forward trend and then Florida swings when the big boys show up. Next week, hit the ground running because it is a Wednesday start, which means we will be going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, six days in a row, which means, hold on a second, which means we will pod 10 straight days, right? Does that math add up? Four in a row this week, six in a row next week. Yeah, yeah. Six plus four is 10. Okay, that math <laughs> checks out. Patrick is doing me a big favor by uh, hosting the show on Saturday, which he has already agreed to, which is much appreciated because I'm going to go down mm-hmm. there. I'm going to go down there Wednesday. I'm going to go down there Sunday and I'm going to Saturday and I'm going to go down Sunday because the APGA event is running opposite and why it's playing. So I'm going to go check that out. Are you Mark going to hang out? Yeah. We're definitely going to try. Yeah. I fly out there Wednesday morning. Um, We've got, you know, meetings and rehearsals. It's the CBS first one of the season. So a big deal. We've had all of our, uh, our zoom calls and stuff and everyone's amped for it. We're going to have Master Nance over at the AFC Championship game again, so he won't be on site. So there's a lot of pre, uh, pre-broadcast pre rehearsals, but but Friday, Saturday was cool. It was very cool last year, and it's cool going to be cool again this year. And I love Tory Pines. I look forward to seeing you, Rick. Um, 
we've kind of got events in the evening, but I'd love to perhaps catch up for a drink after the tournament or something before I catch the red eye back uh, east on Saturday night. Yeah, no problem. Works for me, or I can come find you, or both, uh, Saturday before you guys go on air. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, anything else for next week or anything else that I missed for this week before we get out of here? Oh, boy. So there is at least one. Josh is showing a screenshot right now. I've not seen this yet. There's at least one Nick Dunlap ticket out there. Someone pay, placed a $10 wager on Nick Dunlap at 500 to 1. Greg, check my math again here. That would be uh, $5,000. Let me look that up. Click, 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 clack, clack, clack. Yes. Okay. Man, Greg, now, you're in the lab tonight, man. <laughs> here's the here's the uh here's the fun part. Ty, who is the person who has this ticket, uh, cashed it out for $149 uh, oh. after round two. Golly. <laughs> Life changing money for some, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's at least like week changing money, right? Like you can go have a little, you know, go have a nice go have a nice a, dinner or something. Like, yeah, it's a night, a night changing. Anything else? No, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hang out next week. Farmers, uh, many people <laughs> believe it's the start of the PGA Tour season. We'll, I think we'll, that's tough. We'll get the obligatory picture with a Pacific in the background and the sunset. We'll send it yes. to the group chat. Yes. I will not be jealous. No, not at all. Come on, Patrick, fly it. Come on. Ah, I'm, I'm, Phoenix is enough for me for my hey, West Coast. Hey, Patrick, uh, according to Twitter, Torrey Pines South is not a great golf course, so you're not missing anything, really. Oh, Mark, do not get me going on the course <laughs> architecture freaks out there. Are you going to Phoenix, Patrick? Yeah, I'm going to Phoenix. Uh, Tuesday through Friday. Wow. Big news. Yeah. Uh, flying out there just to personally meet Tom Kim and uh, then flying back to Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's in the field. I don't know if he's in the field. I wish it was the weekend because I would come, but I hate that Vegas has the Super Bowl and that is up against the Super Bowl because I've got to be in Vegas for at least until Friday. Maybe I'll jet over for the live event. Yeah, they're, they're going. Uh, I love LVCC. They're going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think. Yeah. So is Nick Dunlap on the smash golf team in Vegas? Right. Well, there is there is a team that we're, we're like a week away from that season starting. There's a team that does not have a fourth member yet. Well, Rom's looking for a team, isn't he? Legion 13 or whatever they're called. And the cliques, right, Patrick, are still three men? Uh, I did not know that. I'm pretty um, sure. Legion 13. I still have hope it's going to be uh, Dirty Grooves since uh, Live Golf still has that trademark. So I'm hoping that's the team name. <laughs> According to the website, there's only two members of the cliques, but I think they added a third. I don't know. So may maybe Mark, we'll have to we'll have to see where Nick ends up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be Ram and three amateurs: Caleb <laughs> Surratt, Nick Dunlap, and uh, Gordon Sargent. Patrick oh, McDonald. Yeah, Patrick is available. <laughs> Send the jet. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow for our fifth out of ten straight days. Big thanks to producer Josh for all the hard work behind the scenes. Uh, you can find Mark Immelman on the Mark podcast and Mark underscore element, Greg Ducharme at the real GFD, Patrick McDonald at P McDonald CBS. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.